Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, welcome to the side action. Is it episode five? It's episode six, right? Episode six, maybe? Episode anyway. six, season three. Season three, we are... Uh, 75 total. 75th episode, way. baby. We're going to get to 100 any time now. Um, my name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Wegs. You can follow me at Wegsbull on Twitter and Instagram. This is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter and on YouTube. So, uh, Action, how was the weekend? I mean, what's going on? I mean, I don't have to get a Rat Patrol update, but I'm concerned about you guys in the garden. Uh, good news on the Rat Front. We got a couple. And, yes. Uh, a little more bleach over the weekend. We got some stone we put down, which apparently nice. they don't like to dig in. And the yeah. uh, last couple of nights have been rodent-free. So Woo! things are looking up. We like that. That's what I like to hear. I mean, this guy's working. Every time I, I'm contacting him, he's like, oh, I was in the yard, working in the yard. <laughs> After domestic now, it's amazing. I love it. How was your weekend? Well, as you know, it was a full weekend. I had a visit from a friend out of town. Um, she, you know, is a whirling dervish. That was exciting. I also went out and met a new person for a drink. That was exciting, too. Um, hit some rooftops. As It was a beautiful weekend in Chicago. Uh, the Shockers did dominate once more. We covered the line again. We destroyed them. What was the final score of this one? It was 46 to 18. Uh, we did hit my age, which was a little bit of an up at the end of the game there if we're going to hit my age, but we did. And, um, you know, so far, so good, 3-0, although your cousin's going to miss this week. Mikey, QB1-11, is out of town, so we got to go to the backup, my cousin, Tommy Doherty. Oh, wow, what's the point spread move between Tommy and Mike? As you know, player switches are usually overrated. In this case, we play a pretty crappy team, so I would say maybe a touchdown difference tops, uh, maybe six points. So it's a big move. I'd say we're still minus twenty-one. Minus, I'd say we might, with the conversions, I'd say we're probably minus eighteen-point favorites right now. <laughs> cool. <laughs> with the total definitely in the forties. Um, Anyway, no, it was a good weekend. I, I did okay bet-wise. I was bummed. We were communicating. We'll talk about it a little bit. You know, the Chargers really let me down on Monday night. Had that game. I, I had had the point spread, which I won, but I was really looking for that money line payout because it was plus 190 that I got it before game time, and we'll talk about that game. But damn those Chargers. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, let's go into our updates, which is now basically the COVID update. Uh, I, I read this morning that um, – was it the the Cardinals? Falcons. Falcons. Some bird. Uh, the Falcons, but it was a it was a staffer that get, that contracted COVID, so it wasn't any players. I don't know if there's any movement on that, but every week we got to check these COVID updates, don't we? Action. Yeah, uh, I think I'm reading late this afternoon that it seems like the game is still on, provided that they don't get any more positive tests. Hopefully, it was just limited to the one staff member and. We get a Vikings-Falcons tilt like we expected. Well, we definitely want Kirk Cousins in that, in that you know, noon, 1 o'clock start time. You know, that's his, his prime time. So, But uh, other than that, I mean, it's really just a rearranging of the schedule. This week there's no Thursday night game because of the, you know, the Bills got bumped with the Titans. It's third Tuesday. Now they're playing on Monday night. 
against Kansas City. So there'll be two Monday night football games this week, which is kind of nice. But, you know, missing a little football today, which is kind of my our normal routine. We tape and I watch a game. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Tuesday night football, though? Did that whet your appetite enough to cover for Thursday? Or are you really feeling like you miss it tonight? I think for me personally, I like to do my research on Mondays and Tuesdays. This pushed my research into Wednesday a little bit. Not too cool. Uh, but at the same time, I think for me, I'm much more likely to go to the bar on Thursday than I am to Tuesday. That's just me, America. Uh, don't stop you from drinking, but I definitely go to a game and watch, you know, go to Four Shadows or something on Thursday and watch the game versus a Tuesday. It's just a little different experience. I kind of coast into the weekend on Friday and then I'm hitting the shockers field on Saturday. That's just my routine, actually. The one scheduling quirk that I think is different from any normal football season is you now have the Titans who are coming off a Tuesday night game and having to turn around and play on Sunday, yeah. uh, which is abnormal because their opponent is on a regular week rest. Houston Texans sure. played last Sunday, and they have a two-day advantage against Tennessee. So it'll be interesting to see if that plays into the number at all. That's true. And and to that point, I mean, they were making the point on the broadcast that they hadn't practiced in two weeks. I'm not sure that's entirely certain. But, I mean, Tennessee looked sharp. They looked really good. But, you know, Lawan got a little dinged up. There's going to be a lot of guys that are probably not going to be ready or at least not 100 uh, percent come Sunday. Right. You're right. All right. Well, let's review week five. Uh, the recap. This is a little bit of a flip from last week. Uh, road teams. I'm sorry. The home teams came back. They won nine out of the 14 games played. But it was weird. The dogs were covering this week, action. They were 9-5 and five, uh, against the number. So only five favorites covered despite having a lot of home winners, which maybe there were a lot of road favorites, I guess, or something. But our, our totals are starting to even out finally. Uh, maybe Vegas and whoever's making these numbers is starting to get smart. We were even 7-7, seven and seven, at least the way I graded them this week, against the numbers. Yeah, it seems like the totals are starting to even out a little bit. But I think it's still... A little bit higher than average in terms of these numbers that are on the board. You see a whole slew of games this week that are in the 50s again, and the high point being the Chiefs and Bills, 57, I think, is the latest total I've seen, which is a massive number. It is. I still remember, what was it, two years ago when we did our first you know, side action live event uh, we were doing near your place. Was it West End or something? Is that right? And then we, that was when the Chiefs played the Rams. I think that number opened around this number, 57 and a half. And we were like, that's crazy. Of course, Broccoli Bob was betting it live and it almost hit 100. Or I think it might have hit 100 or 98 yeah. or something. But I mean, to your point, this 57, five, you know, 57 and a half is a normal number now. That shouldn't be a normal number. So it is a little bit strange to see these totals up and a lot of these scores are are higher. Um, well, let's talk about some of these games. Um, my guy, Chase Claypool, who factually, I had him on my team, on one of my squads, and then I dropped him. Of course, I got him back this morning. But he scored four TDs for Pittsburgh, and they got the big win, uh, 38-29 against, um, you know, what I thought, we thought this was going to happen with the Eagles, but they hung in there in this game. Yeah, I mean, I think that we we picked Pittsburgh, obviously, yeah. and uh, I think we both agreed that it was kind of a lucky cover there in the end Philadelphia was hanging right with them and Carson Wentz played better than he has been the first couple of weeks of the season and if it weren't for the the late um Steelers score we wouldn't have got the W in this one so um Ben Roethlisberger played well 239 Mm -hmm. yards three touchdowns 
But I think the story from this one was just the improved play by the Philadelphia team. Right. I don't know if you noticed, I don't know if you got to watch the game much, but they started using Jalen Hurts a little bit, almost like a, dare I say, a Taysom Hill package, mm-hmm. where he came in, he actually threw the ball once, he ran the ball another couple other times. So maybe they're going to try to work him in as a wild card player. I know you like him to start, but to your point, I think um, Wentz did play much better. We didn't mention on our write-up, but the emergence of this, what's his name, Fulgham or something? Yeah, Travis Fulgham. He had a huge game. He had a big game on the uh, in the game against San Francisco the week before. He seems to be emerging as one of their top targets. Of course, everybody else is hurt, but he's actually making plays for this team. Yeah, he seems like a, a great wide receiver. He's certainly putting up lots of fantasy numbers if you're a fantasy player. Yeah, if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, so, uh, the next game we did get on the correct side again is Cleveland went uh, or went to and they're hosting Indianapolis in this one. They won pretty easily in this one, 32 to 23. That score is probably not indicative of how you know really the Browns dominated most of this game. Thank mainly to our guy, Old Man Rivers, uh, who likes to give the ball away as he did last year, and um, he had a pick six in this one, didn't he? Yeah, threw a pick six, another interception as well. And uh, just not a good game for Phillip Rivers. I think that the Colts need to really rely on the run game if they they're going to be a high-efficiency offense because Phillip Rivers, just he's throwing balls into the turf, and he just can't make those throws that he used to. Um, on the other side, Cleveland didn't really blow you away either. Baker Mayfield was somewhat pedestrian, 247 yards and two touchdowns of his own, but he also mm-hmm. threw two picks. And uh, the run game, I think the run game took a little step back. I I was a little, uh, Kareem Hunt didn't quite have the game that I expected out of him, even with Darius Leonard missing in the middle of that Colts defense. So that's something that I took away from this game with Cleveland turning the page to play against Pittsburgh, who has the number one rush defense in the league. I'm not so sure that they're set up to have success there either. Right, it's kind of a battle of strengths there, the number one rushing offense against the number one rushing defense. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. We'll talk about that a little more in the later in the preview. Uh, how about this one? This one uh, didn't work to our advantage. We kind of were settling, not necessarily on this game per se, but we, we kind of felt strongly that the Chiefs would cover against the Raiders at home. Uh, the Chiefs were the number one team in the index for me before, but they kind of fell back to earth here. And mainly uh, the Raiders were... I didn't think it was possible, but Derek Carr was hitting guys deep left and right. He had three deep balls, one to Ruggs, one to Aguilar, one to Renfro in this game. Threw for over 300 yards, and they won 40 to 32. And really, I it's the largest spread upset of the year, but really just kind of a shocking play. I mean, definitely would have been a good money line winner if you were in on that. I was not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. I was live <laughs> betting the Chiefs on the contrary. Sure. So, me too. Uh, huge upset for the Raiders, and I, I think that Patrick Mahomes' play has to be questioned a little bit. It's been kind of common, accepted that he is the best quarterback of all time, and the numbers mm-hmm. just don't bear that out early this season. I think he's in the bottom half of the league in terms of expected completion percentage, mm-hmm. and uh, this Chiefs offense just doesn't quite look like the same that we've seen the past couple of years. So, right. um, And then the Raiders, you touched on it. They're starting to throw the ball down the field. And I think you and I traded a text that Henry Ruggs appears to be a difference maker for this team. Yeah, I thought that, and I don't know, I, I watched, I didn't get to rewatch the game, but the safeties were definitely jumping on those short routes 
for a car and they must have saw something on film that that was happening because they were just beating them like a drum and they were wide open it wasn't just hey the guy's beating them i mean he was they were blown coverages guys wide open but um to your point i think the other thing about mahomes is it, it doesn't seem like they're running the ball that much and, uh, and on Andy Reid offense, you have to run the ball. It has to be a balanced attack. So we'll see if there's an adjustment against the, the Bills this week. Uh, this was another one that didn't go our way. Again, uh, don't sign me up for an NFC East team anytime soon again, except when they're playing each other. Uh, the Rams went into Washington and really pummeled uh, the Washington football team. We did get an Alex Smith sighting because we talked about Kyle Allen in our in both the podcast and we were – doing the handicap, thinking that he'd give Kaboon to the offense. But, you know, the couple things here. The Rams played pretty good defense in this game. And secondly, as soon as they, they knocked out Kyle Allen, Alex Smith just couldn't get anything done in this game. And and the Rams dominated, you know, really from start to finish. We had no chance at this cover. So that was one of our losses for sure. Yeah, definitely a great story to see Alex Smith get back on the field. And that was mm-hmm. really the only story that came out of that game because he was terrible right. as soon as he came in the first couple of drives i didn't even pop up on the red zone channel because he was so bad 37 passing yards and yeah. uh, that doomed our pick from uh, the first snap right and when he first came in like okay they're kind of within a score sort of we were what seven and a half in that game or seven yeah like, seven and a half. okay no way not a chance but we did hit on this other one. Uh, Russell Wilson was playing against Seattle, which terms of, sorry, against the Vikings, which in the first half, I'm telling you, action, I got to stop watching these games. When I don't watch the game, I flip it on. My team's up by 20 points or something. I mean, it was 13 to 3 at halftime. Minnesota was doing well. Kirk Cousins, as we said, plays well against Seattle somehow, and regardless of the time slot. But slowly but surely, um, well, actually not even slowly but surely, that the Seahawks came back in a blink of an eye, scoring 21 quick points in the third quarter. But the Vikings, to their credit, I mean, they had this game. They really had another shot at it. But game-winning drive by Russell Wilson made it happen again. And and there you have it. Uh, they get the win, 27-26. But we get the cover, and that's most important for the contest. Yeah, Kirk Cousins was great in that game. I think that uh, he almost, you could argue, outdueled Russell Wilson for a large portion of that contest. And uh, just a demoralizing loss for the Vikings. I think that one is really going to sting. Puts them at 1-4 and four now, and uh, they are really long shots to make the playoffs. But I think that um, this offense is really starting to impress. You, not only Kirk Cousins playing well, you've got the rookie wide receiver. Um, and Jefferson. then also, yeah, Jefferson, thanks. Dalvin Cook did get banged up a little bit in this game, but Madison came in and carried the load just fine. So I expect that they'll be able to uh, have great success against Atlanta this week. Yeah, the other thing I noted was um, it seems like DK Metcalf is the number one now for Seattle, right? I mean, they were throwing to him repeatedly in contested situations, and he was dominating again. So not that that matters for us necessarily, but when we look at matchups, you know, we could look at that uh, going forward. The last game I just want to note, I already kind of mentioned it. Uh, the Chargers were up big in this game, 20-3 to late in the, the second quarter. Again, I flipped it on. They're up 20-3. to I've got the money line tick, and I'm feeling great. And then, you know, this was a slowly but surely. The Saints just kept, you know, pushing, pushing, scoring, scoring. 
basically took took the lead at one time. No, tied the game at one time. And then Justin Herbert hit this huge pass. I'm like, yes, let's do this. But, of course, the Saints kept scoring. And I don't know if it's just the Chargers defense is getting injured. It looks like Bosa's not 100%. He wasn't in there in a lot of the late snaps in that game. And then I know that, you know, Ingram's out. There's some other guys out. They just couldn't stop the Saints after a while. And it wasn't like they were getting beat. Huge plays, but more intermediate plays because they were testing Breeze and he was coming through. But more importantly, damn it, kickers, man. I can't trust these kickers, dude. You know, what is his name? Uh, Badgley or something? What's his nickname? The Money Badger. (laughs) The Money Badger sucks. He can suck it. He missed the extra point first, and he's got a 50-yard field goal in a dome, and he hits the friggin' upright to you know, they it obviously went to overtime and then they lost the game. So, hey, I got my cover bet. We had talked about this one. I was on this one for a while, but I would have loved that money line ticket at plus 190 or plus 290. Yeah, that was a good call by you. The Chargers were definitely the right side in that one. And the Saints had no business winning, really. Um, kind of pulled that one out of the hat. And I think that, you know, the broadcasters were really defending Drew Brees and the whole arm strength narrative, but. Reality is that he just can't throw the ball down the field, and he looks to Kamara on like every play. And yeah. he will, it does sound like Michael Thomas will be back this week, so I expect that's okay. going to change the outlook of this offense quite a bit. But yeah, man, Sanders I, is playing good though. I mean, he was getting yeah. open, he twelve receptions in the game. But no, you're right. It's the circle route. Like, when are you going to cover the circle route to Kamara? It's every play. But you know, obviously, the Chargers. Somehow couldn't figure that out, Gus Johnson or Gus Bradley. Let's do this, man. Yeah. But, Another um, disappointing performance by the Saints defense too. Yes. I expected this unit to be one of the best in the league, and they just haven't lived up to it yet this season. Yeah, Marcus Lattimore was getting uh, big boyed by you know Mike. Uh, what's his name? Mike, the big guy. Williams. I got Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Yeah, Mike Williams had two amazing catches on him. You know, contested catches, and really he made a. You know, some great plays in that game, but just not quite enough to, to get it done for the Chargers. You know, they're 0-4 with Justin Herbert as a starter, which is shocking, but they're all within seven points. I heard a crazy stat that they've lost. I think it's 13. I think I wrote on the t- tweet incorrectly. I think they've lost 13 games in the last two years by one score or less mm-hmm. uh, under Anthony Lynn. So, I mean, I just think that he can't really coach. Um, I don't know what it is. It's just something, but... Anyway, uh, more on this later. So let's talk about some positives from the weekend. Your Texans showed up. They actually played really well. And I was on, I didn't bet this one, thankfully, but initially I was on the side of the Jags, but thank God I didn't go here because they crushed this team. They played with energy. They won 30 to 14. It wasn't even a close one for Romeo Cornell's group. Yeah, I think we're lucky to sidestep this one. And uh, another narrative victory for the team that fires their coach and the players obviously got fired up for this one and I I think that might be something that persists this seems like a good uh, JJ Watt led group can really Mm -hmm. kind of fill the void of the missing coach now about Bill O'Brien gone I don't think that Cornell is really the motivator type so I kind of look for some of the leaders on this team to uh, continue that momentum right uh, the other one is the Panthers. Man, this team has played really well without McCaffrey. We talked about them last week. We didn't pick them, although the consensus did. And they came through again, and they won outright 23-16. Now they're actually, you know, they're 3-2 and two ATS on the season, but they've won their last three straight as an underdog, and obviously against the spread as well. So this is a hot team, at least 
from from a betting perspective. Yeah, and the young defense is performing well too, uh, which I think was supposed to be a, kind of a downgraded unit, but it seems like some of these young players are are playing well. And uh, Matt Rule and uh, Joe Brady can obviously coach, so I think there's a factor there too. Absolutely. The last one is the Titans. Uh, we talked about them briefly. They came back, and they look great. Uh, they killed the Bills. I'm not sure what was up with the Bills. Josh Allen, my guy for president and MVP, did not play super well. But more importantly, you know, early in this game, it wasn't looking great for Derrick Henry. They weren't really feeding him the ball. But, you know, Tannehill did his thing, and they, they created a lot of turnovers in this game. And somehow they were – they were the dog in this matchup. I did. I thought that this was one of the ones I definitely would have picked in the contest for the Titans. And they actually get their first cover on the season. Um, and this is obviously the dog in this case. And they won 42 to 16. Yeah, I actually ended up on the Titans myself. And mm-hmm. one thing that I am certainly going to start trying to incorporate into my handicapping is the scheduling quirks, especially mm-hmm. this season. When you thought about it, I think you and I traded some messages over the weekend about the tight or I'm sorry, the Bills just being in this kind of interstitial space where if the Titans game got canceled, they were gonna have to play the Chiefs on Thursday tonight. And they actually didn't find out about the game being scheduled until sometime on Sunday. And obviously in today's NFL, these coaches need time to prepare for their opponents. And it was pretty right. clear that they weren't ready to play the Titans on Tuesday night. No. They got they got smashed. So yeah, we'll see how this. I mean, this you've you talked about it. There's different scheduling spots, and and that definitely affects even and, and NFL creature or NFL players are creatures of habit, right? And and the other thing was, the Titans have been sitting around chomping at the bit to do something, and they came out and they looked like it. They were ready to play. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that affects other teams like New England this weekend, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now the negatives, uh, Dallas. Wow, um, this team is. It's incredible. I mean, we obviously have talked ad nauseum for two seasons how bad this defense is, but they came out slow again, you know, down 17 to three at one time in this game. They did roar back behind Dak Prescott, but then of course he had the unfortunate um, injury where he's out for the season with a compound fractured ankle. It was horrible. Uh, But Andy Dalton stepped in and they, they made it happen. But this team now is 0-5 ATS this year against the spread. And, you know, this this is actually the first week they're they're going to be the dog in the matchup, which we can talk about. Uh, but they've been favored in all these matchups in their own five. Yeah, I, I think that uh, obviously unfortunate to lose Dak, but uh, Andy Dalton pretty good backup, especially mm-hmm. when you compare him to Alex Smith, uh, <laughs> a little, little bit higher. But uh, I, I think that uh, you kind of hit it spot on, not to say that losing Dak is a good thing by any means, but you got in the notes here that Dallas is going to have to be a little bit more conservative now, and that actually yeah. might help the offense because this team does not lack for weapons, that's for sure. Exactly. I mean, maybe they won't come out and fumble the ball every you know third play. It's just, just you got to play a tighter game. you got to you know focus on ball security. The other team, uh, the 49ers, man, this team – Look terrible. Uh, maybe the injuries have caught up with him. Jimmy G did play in this game for a while. Then he was benched because he was bad. He didn't look ready. He was thrown off his back foot. Didn't have. Uh, wasn't sharp. And they you know, they put in C.J. Beathard, but it didn't matter. And this was a game we actually really considered for a while. And I, I don't know why we backed off. Now Miami 43 to 17 winners. This makes uh, for the 49ers 0 and 3 against the spread at home. It's really weird. This team's 2 and 3 now, and they've lost all three games at home, which is 
unheard of in the NFL, let alone for the 49ers. Yeah, and 2-0 and playing at the Meadowlands in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should flip-flop there and play all their games there. But, uh, you know, I think the defense is really the, the one unit on this team that has been well below expectations. Uh, they lost their entire defensive line now, with included in a couple of injuries. And yeah. uh, last season, the peak performing unit was that defensive line. So I think that changes the dynamic quite a bit. You do see some of the offensive weapons that are coming back. Kittle's back in the fold, and it seems like Mostert is going to be back healthy as well. So I expect that the offense might pick it up a little bit. It's their defense that I question mainly. For sure. And the last one is the Falcons stink. This is this just in. This is hot off the presses action. The Falcons suck. Uh, they start 0-5 for the first time in forever. They finally fought, fired Dan Quinn. We've been talking about this for about a year and a half now. Uh, they they lose 23-16 to Carolina. Interesting. We'll see if this same effect happens. They're going to be traveling to Minnesota. Maybe they get a, a bounce effect. But I don't know if it's only Quinn in this case. It seems like kind of a general malaise of this unit. But uh, that team is just garbage. Yeah, Raheem Morris now stepping in as the interim head coach who was the defensive coordinator. And uh, clearly the defense is not the strong suit of this team. <laughs> What they give. He was terrible in Tampa, too. I, I don't understand why they put him in charge, but, you know, who knows? I mean, they also got rid of Dimitrov, uh, the GM, which is probably a good idea, too. Clearly, the guy can't either doesn't have a good training staff for this, this team or he uh, can't draft defense anymore or something because their defense is just terrible. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to let you review the injuries as I plug in my computer. Okay. Uh, Dak Prescott, we touched on. Broken ankle uh, for the season, really tough. Dalvin Cook obviously picked up an injury this week with the groin, missed pretty much the entire second half, but Alexander Madison stepped in his place. Uh, Keenan Allen went out in the first half, which didn't help your Chargers bet, but uh, Mike Williams is there to step into his place, and I did see that he's questionable for this coming week. And a couple of big defensive injuries. Today, news came out that Kawan Short, the um, defensive tackle for the Panthers, is going to be out for the season with okay. an upper body injury. And uh, Bucks defensive tackle Vita Vea also broke his ankle on Thursday night. And uh, he was the stalwart in the middle of that Tampa defense. So certainly right. take a hit to their rush defense. Yeah, the hits keep coming. I mean, it's been uh, it's been a rough season for injuries. We talked about that probably a little bit COVID related and, you know, maybe just, you know, scheduling and, and whatever. But it's a bummer. I mean, we obviously want to see these players on the field. Some will return, you know, Cook will get back and, and some other guys. But you know, Dak Prescott, I feel bad for the guy, too, because he's on the one year contract. Right. So he doesn't even have <laughs> a guaranteed contract. But, um, yeah, we'll see how this plays out. On the good news, Cam Newton is going to be active this week. That's good for my fantasy football team and also for the Patriots. They should be able to get back on track. Um, and that was obviously another whole thing that we talked about last week. You know, they, had, they postponed that game, and it's been crazy. You know, we'll, we'll, this is how it's going to be all season. So. Yeah, I think we're going to have to be flexible in terms of our game choices and try to stay away from those games that might get postponed too. Right. Let's go to the week six previews. We don't have a Thursday night game, so we can just kind of preview everybody. Uh, it looks like you've got Tennessee here uh, against Houston. 
no opener at the time, but I guess we'll just talk about the circle line. Uh, they're yeah. up to three and a half point favorites at home. They, it was more or less two before. Um, I mean, obviously Houston's a bounce back candidate with, you know, the new coach or the interim coach. I do like Tennessee quite a bit. Um, my numbers say that this should have been, should be a lot bigger number for Tennessee, but are you thinking that the scheduling spot is playing into this hand in, into this uh, line? Yeah, and actually on my odd screen, I do see an opener. Looks like five and a half. And, right. Um, so bet down on the side of the Texans going down to three and a half here, pretty much across the board. And I think mm. that's part of it too. You also saw the Texans come out and perform well last week, albeit against the Jacksonville defense, who is probably worse in the league. But right. Can't really say that the Tennessee defense is playing much better right now. I mean, they're right. giving up 30 points a game, and uh, I think that Houston's offense is going to be primed to put up some points against them. So I think if I had to side with this one, I would probably go with the Texans. Interesting. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is I just don't know what to believe. The, the Texans were my worst team in the index last week. Obviously, that performance against the Jags raised their stock, but I, I don't know if they're that good. I mean, the Titans, obviously, you, you're right. They're giving up a ton of yardage and, and not a lot of points, which is kind of weird, maybe because they're just getting a lot of um, turnovers from what I can see. That they're Actually, I think they're number one in turnover differential at this point at plus eight. Uh, so that is a big factor, but... I don't know. I, I don't think I can get on board if we're going to go for the contest here on Houston. Uh, I definitely think it would be against my normal logic, and I would personally take the Titans in this spot. So Even at three and a half? Even at three and a half? Yeah, I think three and I mean, it's a tough number. There's no question. But, I mean, in my system, they should be more like a seven-point favorite. Wow. That opening number five points is, is probably accurate. Um, you know, when I look at a home – a home team, like in their in their same category or class, the Colts are very similar in terms of the differential between the Bengals and them in terms of the numbers. From it's it's early for the index, but this is how I look at it. They're seven and a half point favorites at home. You know that that's probably what they should be five and a half six. You know, somewhere in that range. So I think it's a depressed number. Again, maybe it's the scheduling spot, uh, like you said. Okay. Let's talk about the next one, Washington and the Giants. Uh, interesting game. I mean, somebody's got to win in this NFC East quagmire. Uh, this opened up at two-and-a-half-point favorites for the Giants, 44-and-a-half-point total. Now it's about three-point favorites for the Giants, which I guess is, makes sense, 43-point uh, total. Man, I you know, last week I was, I was okay taking you know, the Giants. We kind of talked about it, and you talked me out of it a little bit. Um, but obviously they did cover in that one. Um, I don't know. Both these teams stink. I, they're really close in the index. The three points is really just the home field advantage, which what does that mean in today's COVID days? It's a stay away from me action, but how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I think that we should pass on this game, but I will say that I would probably side with Washington in this one, and I've looked at them as a potential teaser leg, getting them up through the three and seven to nine points in most cases. I mean, sure. when you look at these two offenses, they're 31st and 32nd in the league. <laughs> and I think the main differentiator between these two is the Washington defense. I mean, they're sure. still ranked fourth according to DVOA. And uh, mm. the New York Giants are uh, way down in defensive rating. So 
that would be the main difference I would look at in this one. Right. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, we've been chasing Washington a lot of the season. I just, you know, they gotta they gotta show it to me and you know, cash in my ticket. You know, we haven't we got them week one, I guess, is where we we got them uh, on a positive side. We're you know one and two with them now. It's hard to say. You know, it's hard to trust. Well, let's talk about this Atlanta-Minnesota game. Uh, it looks like it'll be played. Uh, it opened up as Minnesota three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. 57 is the total. Now it's down to 55-and-a-half for the total and up to four in the circuit contest. Uh, really, for me, it's priced about right. Uh, actually, technically, in the, in the index, it's not priced right if they're even, but I don't believe in the Falcons at all. Four points is not where I wanted to see this game, though. When it was three and a half or three, I was, I was definitely more interested. Four is a bigger number, but I would, I would side with the with the dogs at home here. I'm, I'm sorry, the the favorites at home here, uh, because I don't know about this bounce up with Raheem Morris at the helm. Yeah, I I think we should go against the trend as well. I like Minnesota in this spot. I think that you're facing off against the 31st ranked pass defense in the Atlanta Falcons. And we just talked about in the opener, how this Minnesota offense has been turning up in the past couple of weeks. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins is playing at one o'clock as well. And even without (laughs) Dalvin cook, I was really impressed with Alexander Madison on uh, Sunday night, except for that last little yard that he needed Mm. to ice the game away. Um, Yeah. But I I think that the Vikings are going to put up a lot of points in this game. And uh, I would, be interested in backing them. Well, you know, we, and with the index, we've talked about this for me. It's my index, not actions. You know, I haven't been able to incorporate strength of schedule here. I think Minnesota's actually played some tough teams. You know, obviously Seattle, they they played the Colts, you know, they they played some good teams and they played them in some cases tough. The Colts were not a tough game for them. Mm -hmm. So, I'm waiting for them to put it together. Maybe they won't. Their defense isn't so great, but I just don't trust the Falcons. And, you know, let's see. We'll be probably be wrong. They'll play the best game of the year, and Julio Jones will return and play great. But I'll believe it when I see it. I'll, I'll take Minnesota. Julio did uh, mispractice on Wednesday, too. So I know he's that's been like every week in the last couple, but something to watch. <laughs> sure. All right, so uh, in this one, we've got the Bears are going to Carolina, uh, the darlings of the league now. Carolina is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the opener. 44-and-a-half was the total. It's kind of been bet down to one-and-a-half, at least for Circa, which is about consistent when I see it, Rivers. And that total still at 44-and-a-half. Interesting. Uh, Carolina's been a dog, <laughs> and one, out, one outright is dogs, and now they're actually favored at home. The Bears, we they somehow beat Tampa on Thursday last week inexplicably. Um, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to bet this game, uh, but I'd, I'd be on the Panthers here. Action, it's it's a tough one, but um, they're they're definitely better in the index and they're playing really well. Uh, I just it's hard to back the team that's always the dog, and now they're flipped to be the favorite. Mm-hmm. Any idea why you think this line might be moving towards Chicago here? I mean, I. I think it opened at three in some spots. I unfortunately missed that number, but now right. uh, it's down to one, one and a half, even a pick at one book. Do you think K1 short is part of that handicap? But he was hurt already, wasn't he? It could be part of it, but I can't for the life of me think that any defensive player in the league is worth that kind of value outside of Aaron Donald, right. maybe. Um, right. It's a very interesting move to me. It just kind of gives me a little bit of pause. 
I mm-hmm. I think that if we were going to look to this game, it would have to be a Chicago. But I'm happy to mm-hmm. pass too. Yeah. Well, let's look at other options. I I just don't like you said. I don't. I, don't, I mean, the one and a half is actually good for a home favorite. Um, it's a good number. But I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I just, I mean, it's clearly to me that Carolina's playing better, so they should be a bigger favorite. Um, so I don't know. Maybe there's something something hinky, as they say. Uh, okay, here we go. The the Detroit hometown Detroit uh, Lions for action here are back in action. Uh, they run by like a regular by, no COVID-related by, and they're going to Jacksonville. They open as a one-and-a-half-point favorite and a 53-and-a-half-point total now they're up to a three and a half point favorite in the circuit contest, 54 and a half point total. Uh, are you back in the Lions? I, I can't do it. I, I can't do it, buddy. Um, I don't like this team. We've talked about them many times. They come out well and stink late. Jacksonville's not good either, but how are you favoring this team three and a half points on the road? Uh, I mean, Jacksonville's historically bad defense. I think that's the answer. You've got okay. a, a team who is dead last by a wide margin in pass mm-hmm. defense and their running defense is not much better and uh, on the other side i mean reality is that detroit has a good roster they haven't played mm. up to expectation and i think matt patricia has probably some reason for that but i, yeah, <laughs> I kind of expect detroit to come off of this by with a game plan that can be successful i I don't love them going on the road here, and um, certainly the hook added to this number is not ideal. So, uh, I mean, we could cast it aside for now, but I would only look to the Lions personally. Okay. Hometown, hometown, home cooking over there in Detroit. Yeah, I guess. I, again, let's see if we got better options this week. I, sure. I don't know. It's just weird. I, I, that team... Well, I mean, we, yeah, we talked about it. We backed him against New Orleans. We obviously did back him against Arizona. That was good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't like that team as a favorite, I guess, is what I'm getting at in general. Much like Washington, okay. they've burned us a couple yeah. times too. So Yeah, they're dead to me. Uh, okay, let's look at – this is an intriguing game. I don't know if you're going to have a good side on this one. But Pittsburgh, obviously, is hosting Cleveland. This is a old-school rivalry, even though Cleveland was kind of a new – New Cleveland over the last 15, 20 years. Pittsburgh's a, a four-point favorite at home on the opener, five and a half, or 50 and a half in the, in the uh, total. It's dropped down to three and a half in Circa, and then the total's 51. Uh, this is pretty consistent with what I see at, um, at Rivers right now, that three and a half point number, which makes it a horrible number, right? But I do think the Steelers are a better squad. Um, I just don't know if three and a half is a good number. Uh, so I'd be I'd be on the side of the Steelers generally. I just don't love the number. Would love it, of course, at three or less. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I I can only back Pittsburgh here. I mean, you have seen a little bit of money come in on Cleveland this mm-hmm. week. It seems like it's the sharp side at least early on. Certainly time yeah. for that to change. But I th- we hit on it earlier, and I think the main handicap in this one, like all Browns games, is how you can go up against their rush defense. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are the number one rushing defense in the league. So I think that right there gives you some value on the Steelers' side. And on the other side, uh, Big Ben has been fantastic the first couple of weeks. He's got a new wide receiver toy in Claypool, and I think that Deontay Johnson is expected to be healthy this week 
as well. So mm-hmm. they've got their third um, option in the game. And uh, I would like to back Pittsburgh. I know that the hook is not pretty when you're back in mm-hmm. home favorite here, but uh, I still think that Pittsburgh is capable of putting up some points and covering this number. Right. Yeah, let's definitely pencil them in as a maybe. I think they're going to be in the in the talk uh, when we do it Saturday morning because I do like Pittsburgh uh, in this one. So we'll we'll see. One of the things I did read, I don't know if it's meaningful or not, but I guess Beckham has an illness today, undisclosed illness, whatever that means. Uh, I don't think it's COVID related. It's just he got sick. So he's actually played much better this year for Cleveland. I know that I've not been an Odell Beckham fan in the past. And he's come through like last year. It was gar- garbage for the Cleveland, but it seems like under better coaching, he's responding and they're really involving him. And he's played really well. If he's out of that game, then I love this number. But um, we'll yeah. see. Uh, Baker Mayfield also was limited practice Wednesday. Got some X-rays on the ribs, I know. And uh, even if he plays, he certainly won't be 100%. And going against that nasty Pittsburgh's defensive line certainly won't be helpful. And the backup in Cleveland is Case Keenum. So I'm not sure if that moves the needle at all. (laughs) Not for me, Uh, (laughs) but in my direction, right? All right, next one is Cincinnati is um, going to the Colts. Uh, The Colts open as an eight-point favorite, 46.5 total. Uh, Now they're at seven-and-a-half-point favorites, uh, still the same total. I mean, you know, I I tried to talk into Cincinnati last week, which was a – Bad move on my part. They got crushed by Baltimore. Uh, you were definitely right on that one. They scored a field goal, uh, though. Did you see that, Wags? Well, they did. Yeah, 27-3. Yeah. Uh, Joe, Joe Burrow was exposed. But I don't know if the Colts, um, you know, the defensively, the Colts are really good. We've talked about that. I mean, they got a little bit beat up against Cleveland, but it was mainly because of short fields. And overall, they, you know, they kind of wore down over the – course of the game i don't think cincinnati could do the same thing so i can't really back the Bengals in this spot uh after last week but you could probably talk me into it mm, i'm not interested in the Bengals. <laughs> you know okay. joe burrow had a couple of good weeks and i think the media train got a little bit out of control which led to yeah. a little bit of decreased value on them so uh i'm not interested in them at this time but on the other side, the Indianapolis offense is not a team that I want to lay eight points with. So I think yeah, we can exactly. cross this one off. All right. We, we're definitely eliminating mat, matchups this, this week, action, <laughs> cutting yeah. it down. So let's talk about this one. Baltimore is going to Philly. Uh, they improved Philly at 1-3-1. One, one. Uh, Baltimore is a seven-point favorite on the road, 48-and-a-half-point total opener now it's seven and a half points in the contest and 46 and a half so the total went down but the spread went up a little bit you know philly did play better seven and a half is a big number for any game baltimore is a resounding favorite in my index uh don't know if that's correct i mean we philly's a weird team you know they played really well in san francisco but we see what they are and they played pretty good last week, but um, the Ravens against teams that are not elite seem to be, they just crush them. So, I don't know. Uh, I'm basically saying I probably would take the Ravens over the, the Eagles in this one, even with the seven and a half. What do you make the number then? I think more? it's accurate. I think, it, I think it's about right. I think it's really, really close to that number. I mean, they're, they're the biggest difference in the index, which 
would typically mean that a home team would be about 10 points. It's around seven. I think that's that original opener was a good number um, at seven. Seven and a half is, I hate the hook, but, mm-hmm. you know, so would you back? You back Philly in the spot? You know, I would probably look that way at first blush. Um, I think the the thing that throws me off is uh, this concern about Lamar Jackson and uh, mm-hmm. his appearance on the injury report. I think the other really gotcha. telling sign that you saw in the back box score last week against Granite Cincinnati was that he only had two rushes, which is totally mm. abnormal to what their offense normally does. And he threw the ball 37 times. So mm. that makes me pause a little bit in thinking about putting my hard-earned money behind the Ravens. I'm not sure, sure that I'm interested in Philadelphia the way they've been playing, although the last two weeks have been positive. Mm-hmm. Um, the hook is a whole other factor here too yeah. I think seven and a half makes the Philly side look a little bit more enticing but it, it's likely that the operators did that on purpose oh yeah they know what they're doing <laughs> let me ask you this what's Baltimore's you know like defensive line pass rush kind of situation against Philly because they it was interesting they actually held up against the Steeler defense for the most mm-hmm. part which was shocking to me I really thought the Steelers would pummel that offensive line, but they, they must have made some changes, you know, st- uh, like strategically against the Steelers, and they look good. Um, but again, you know, in the end, it's it kind of comes down to can they make plays, and they don't have the playmakers on the outside besides that Fogum guy, so I'm calling him Fogel, but... Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the Baltimore defensive line obviously is near the top of the league third yeah. ranked against the rush or i'm sorry the pass and second against the rush mm-hmm. so uh something to look out for and i think that there has been some injuries on the philadelphia offensive line so certainly not helpful in that regard yeah it's tough to pick these games action it's tough mm-hmm. to pick these games all right let's go to the next one this one's interesting uh green bay is going to tampa uh tampa open as a two and a half point favorite at home 51 and a half at the as the total Green Bay is coming in, got some money. Now it's it's a pick uh, in the contest, and it's a 54.5 point total. Total seems actually a little high for me, um, even though I know these offenses can can hum. You know, Tampa's coming off that stinker, which is probably why Green Bay's getting the money. Uh, it's a tough one. I, I like Green Bay in the game. I, I know that I'm I'm, not, I'm actually anti Green Bay in general, but I think they probably should be favored in this game, and I don't know why they're not. Uh, so, unless I misread that, were they favorites? No. Well, Tampa was... uh, really wild moves in this one. There was a couple spots yeah. that opened on Sunday as Tampa minus three, actually. Oh, okay. okay. And that got, that disappeared in a matter of minutes. And I think yeah. quickly, right off the bat, you saw the number move to Green Bay minus two and a half, yeah. where there's been a little bit of buyback uh, later this week. And now you're seeing as Green Bay one point favorites and uh, zero here in the contest pick them so mm-hmm. some interesting moves to say the least i i agree with you though i mean when you add in the fact that green bay is coming off of a bye and mm-hmm. you've got a feisty aaron Rodgers who is clearly out to prove something this season uh, yep. going up against tom brady which is something that he doesn't get to do very often i think that the packers are going to be looking to run rough shot over tampa this week and when you look, when you add in the Vita Vea injury, I think that gives them right. even more of a commanding advantage running the football. So I like Green Bay. I think we can slam dunk that one. 
Yeah, let's slam dunk it. I think the other thing I was looking at is, you know, Green Bay's very looking great in the index, uh, and not just because of their record. They're playing really well. But the Packers, I mean, defensively are, you know, last year I thought that defense was pretty bad. Um, you know, I've got them, you know, 12th in, in yards against, but, I mean, they're only giving up, you know, really not many points at all. Uh, you know, 25 points at this point, but they, you know, they had, you know, a shootout situation, one of those. So, you know, they're just really outscoring their, their opponents quite a bit. Um, so I, I like them a lot in this game. I think that, sure, the angle of Brady against Rodgers of passing in the torch or something maybe, but uh, I'd like to see them keep up with Green Bay. And I think you're right. I think Green Bay is just going to run the ball a lot uh, at, this, at this front. All right, we agreed on one. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the – well, should we go to Denver first? Since that, I guess that was kind of out of order there. The – the Denver game is a Monday. It's is a still a Sunday game, right? Yeah, I think they just got shifted in the rotation because of all the moves. But either way. Well, okay. So the Patriots are going to host Denver. Uh, you know, it looks like Cam Newton's going to play. This game opened up. I had it as like nine and a half, and now it's ten and a half. Or sorry, ten in the contest. The total. I have the total at forty-five, at least from what I saw at Rivers. And to me, ten points isn't enough. Uh, I'm not saying uh, 10 points is a lot in the NFL. We know that. But I just kind of feel like a week preparation for New England, you know, obviously all this stuff, this turmoil, it doesn't really, usually doesn't affect Patriot teams, to be honest with you. They come out and crush. Plus, you're going to have Cam Newton back. I don't know who's quarterback for Denver. I like the 10 points, uh, personally. I, I definitely would, would lay that. Yeah, I was reading that uh, it's expected Drew Locke is going to be back this week under center okay. for the Broncos, so that'll answer that question. But I agree. I think that uh, the the big factor in this one is Bill Belichick and what he has probably been sitting at home concocting for any Denver <laughs> quarterback this week, and I think that the Patriots' defense is going to romp in this one. Cam is kind of a, you know, he's obviously a factor, but him coming back, I think, is a, a much less uh, handicapping angle than is the Patriots' defense. So I, I'm right. with you. I think we could lay the points here. Okay. Let's 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 put a little green slash on that one. I like it. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but I feel good about it. I, I, all along, I was like, they moved this game. You basically gave them two weeks to prepare for this team? Give me a break, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, now let's talk about, I guess, the Monday night, no, no, the, the Sunday night matchup. The Rams are going to San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco's, they opened up as a three-point favorite uh, when that was, and a 49-point total. Now it's flipped over where the Rams are the three-point favorite in the contest and a 50-point total. Am I missing something here, Action? I mean, the Rams didn't play well against the Giants. And actually, the Giants' defense isn't that bad. We didn't talk about that in that game. But how can you – I mean, three points make sense to me. I guess it's just because they're, they're home. San Francisco has sucked at home. I don't know how you don't back the Rams in this spot, especially at the three. Um, I know it's a road game, but I don't know. I just don't see how San Francisco is going to beat this team. So I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong to think that way. What are you thinking? Man, this one really gives me pause because you've okay. seen all week that a lot of Sharps are snapping up those three and a halves with the Niners, and I think mm. that's probably warranted, but it's certainly a much different handicap when you're talking about three and a half versus three. And yep. um, this is probably their Super Bowl 
I mean, I know they yes. just lost the Super Bowl last year, but uh, <laughs> in terms of the division and uh, the San Francisco's opportunity to make it back to the playoffs, I think this is the game that they have to win, and that yep. kind of gives me a little pause in this one. Um, in terms okay. of the matchups, I do agree. I, I'm not sure that the San Francisco defense is set up to get any pressure on Goff, and that's really the playbook to disrupting this Rams offense. So I think that there's mm. going to be a ton of points scored in this game. I like the over quite a bit, 51 okay. and a half. It looks like still some value there, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I'm interested in either side. What do you think? Okay. Well, I mean, if you want to stay away, I'm okay with it. I think we've got some other options. I mean, like I said, I would back the Rams. I think the okay. narrative laying out makes sense. It's kind of like a must win kind of like what we had Philadelphia going to San Francisco a couple of weeks ago. There's these get these situations where teams have to win, you know, but at the same time, I mean, the Rams are better than this team right now. I, I, it's just hard for me to understand. I mean, granted laying three points on a road typically is a, is a big number, especially against the NFC champs, but this isn't, it's a shell of the shell of the team they were, you know? So, so we'll see. You okay. You said it, they're already 0-3 at home this season yep. and historically they haven't had a big home field advantage at Levi's either so uh right we let's look at the matchup side I'll highlight it we can talk some more Saturday okay all right so then there's two Monday night games this week you've got Kansas City going to Buffalo so it's a travel spot for Kansas City Buffalo of course has this you know I guess it's a, it's normal rest as they're going from Tuesday to uh, Monday and kind of got embarrassed on Tuesday night it, uh, they're three and a half point favorites. The Chiefs on the road here. I've got the opening total. Actually, I don't know what the opening total is, but I'm seeing 55. Some places you said it's 57 and a half. Others um, right now in the contest, it's still three and a half for the Chiefs. And the Chiefs didn't play well, uh, that's for sure. But neither did the Bills. Uh, this is both a both these teams have to bounce back. I'm not really sure what to say on this one. I mean, three and a half points isn't that much for a Chiefs team when they're playing at their top of their game. The Bills, I'm trying to think this through, man. I mean, the Bills, obviously, I don't think the Bills' defense has been as good this year as it was last year, which is kind of uh, surprising for McDermott's team. It's almost like because they're scoring more points, they're not playing as good a defense instead of doing both. And I don't know if they can stop the Chiefs. I you know, I would probably side with the Chiefs. I know I'm like Mr. Favorite, Captain Favorite over here this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I told you I was ready to lay the wood on Buffalo plus the three and a half if they were playing on Thursday night. Of course, that was mm-hmm. when Kansas City was on short rest. But right. um, I agree. I think that I'm probably backing off that stance quite a bit right now. I, uh, the Bills defense has certainly been underwhelming. 27th ranked now per DVOA. But right. I think they've also had some injuries. I mean, the linebacker uh, Milano has been out a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, and then Tredavious White was out um, this week. So I think that's probably not helping their cause. But uh, I'm not sure that I want to back Kansas City with the way their offense right. has been playing either. I know. It's like, ugh. <laughs> Well, we'll see. Uh, I mean, obviously, they got embarrassed, you know, last week, meaning the, the Chiefs. Well, they both got embarrassed, but mm-hmm. the Chiefs, obviously, defending champs, you know, they've got to rise up. And this is really as bad as it was to lose it to the Raiders in division and everything. 
this is one of the teams that they're going to probably have to face in the playoffs. So it's another playoff, you know, face off like they did against the Ravens and they played really well there. Um, well, let's, we can talk about it later. We have a couple of those to do, but I would play Kansas city over anybody versus Buffalo. I don't know if I could do that. Um, the last game is the second Monday night game. The originally scheduled Monday night game. You've got Arizona traveling to Dallas you know, Dallas, of course, opened up as a three-point favorite. I don't know whenever that number came out. And then it's a 52-point total. Now it's flipped over. Arizona's a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. 54-and-a-half is the total. I've probably already written this somewhere. I'm all over Dallas. It's weird to say that. They're 0-5 against the spread, but this is a mistake. Cardinals aren't that good. Uh, they haven't beaten anybody. And it looks like San Francisco's no good either. Um, and I don't like them. Being favored on the road, they've been bad in that spot so far at Carolina. They did cover last week against the Jets, but the Jets are terrible. And I just think, like we talked about, the game plan for Dallas is going to be a little more conservative. They're going to rely on that, you know, Zeke a little bit more. They're going to set up play action. And maybe the defense, because they won't be out there every 10 seconds, they'll be a little fresher against this Arizona team. But talk me out of it, Action. No, no, I love Dallas. I've. I'm all over them as well, heavily invested already. I <laughs> plugged them into as many teasers as I could find just sure. because I knew this number was going to move. I got a couple of them at up to eight and a half, which oh, I think nice. is a phenomenal side for teasers this week. Sure. And uh, the the biggest part of this handicap is just the overreaction from the move to Dak, from Dak to Andy Dalton. Right. I think those threes on the Cowboys side were probably with Dak. Yeah. And now you're looking at a game that's moved like five and a half right. and four and a half points. And that's just way too big of a move from Dak to Dalton. And that right there is the handicap. Right. And I think, I think actually Dallas is going to win the game. So, I mean, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. I'm going to probably look at a money line situation. It's only one and a half, but it, to me, it's, I think they're going to win this game. They have to win the game. And, um, cause I, well, they don't have to because the NFC sucks, but it's definitely a spot they should win in the NFC in general, you know, for the standings and just to get back on track. I think if they start losing a game like this, even if Pittsburgh, you know, who is it? No, uh, the Ravens beat Philadelphia. It just sets up for, you know, this is a game they can gain in the standings, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a spot that they need to move ahead. So I don't like McCarthy as a coach. If he has any coaching skills, he rallies the troops and get this, gets this team to play really well this week without Dak. So we're on the same side. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go over our, our circus spot. Um, there is one more, one yeah. more game that you missed, probably for good reason. Oh, it's because boy. the Jets are involved. Oh, Jesus. Oh, there it is. It, it, yeah. got, oh, it got, got rescheduled. So uh, Correct. Got it. Yes. Yeah, so, we probably so, don't have to talk about it, though. Well, we can if you want. <laughs> I mean, Miami is an eight, they're a nine-point favorite in the contest, total of 47. Uh, the Jets are going down to Miami. They did fire Adam Gase, right? No. Oh, that no, they didn't. To me. I'm sorry. No, they uh, didn't. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I, I just, I mean, these coaches, like, we mentioned them on the podcast, yeah, right. they get fired the next week. So Adam Gase will they get should fired fire. this week. They should, they should fire, yeah. Well, Quinn went down. He should have gone down, right? Obviously, you know, Bill O'Brien went down. He's the next guy to fall. So uh, if he isn't fired, he will be after this game. I, I don't think it's a big number from Miami, of course. But oh, yeah. Miami's way better than this team. And, uh and obviously Le'Veon Bell, 
you know, got released or whatever. Who cares? I mean, he he wasn't a factor for them anyway. But and last week they didn't. Oh wait, this got rescheduled, right? No, wait. This is rescheduled. Yeah, it was yeah. one of the COVID moves. Yeah, That's yeah. That's why it's down here in the rotation. Uh, I think Flacco is playing quarterback again this yeah. week. I don't know what the deal is with Darnold. Don't really care, frankly. Yeah. But uh, I don't think that we can back Miami. I will say that the Jets are probably the value side in that one, but we definitely sure. not are backing them. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a that's a season better that doesn't want to <laughs> chew their fingernails yeah. off watching that game. So, okay, sorry I missed that, America and and Jets and Dolphins fans all over the world. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, let's review the circa. Uh, you know, we're going into week six here. We were three and two last week. Which just seems good, but unfortunately the consensus went five and zero. What are you gonna do? Uh, we come in, you know, we're five hundred forty ninth, slowly dipping in the in the charts, and then uh, it's fifteen and ten on the season, which is okay. But in quarter two, we're already starting a little bit behind it, you know, one thousandth and third place uh, in Q two. But we can we can pick it up. We'll we'll see what we can do. Uh, we're both on the Cowboys action. Looks like it's a little bit bigger number there than we had up there in the contest. Um, it looks like we'll back off from the Rams game. You said you do like the Vikings with me or no? Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, we're both on the Packers at a pick, uh, which is awesome. We're both at the Patriots, um, you know, basically laying the 10 against the Broncos. And then I guess we had one other one I thought we were on. Shoot. That's maybe it was Pittsburgh. Yeah. We're not 100% all in on Pittsburgh, but that's one we were considering. So, and I also highlighted the LA Rams as well. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll probably decide. Looks like we have four pretty solid picks for us, and then two we have to decide between the Rams and the uh, Steelers, both favorites. So we are taking the favorite side this week. You know, three or maybe four out of five, but I do think it's going to come back. I mean, there's so many dogs won last week. You got to figure it's going to come back and. And I like these spots we're looking at. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and another winning week. I don't think mm-hmm. we can complain about 60% right. through the first quarter of the season, 20 or 25 games. Right. So um, we keep up this pace. I think we'll be right in it. I expect that some of these leaders will come back to the pack a little bit. So yeah. got to keep our eye on the ball. That's right. Hey, keep winning. Keep winning. That's 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 a profit, right? A three, you know, 60% would be a profit in a casino. Oh, yeah. So. A tidy <laughs> anyway, um, well, great. Well, make sure everybody, you know, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Dipping ratings, by the way, action. Um, <laughs> must be the face, the ring light. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we want comments. We want, we want to hear from you. You know, let us know. Give us some questions. Our first season, we had some people send us questions every week. I know that sometimes I had some comments from people. They're like, I don't understand what you're saying. And I'm like. Go back to the early season. You know, we're trying to we, we try to explain all the you know different gambling topics. But if that's something we should do again, I'm open to it. I mean, Action's great at explaining the concepts, and I understand what the hell he's talking about now. So uh, we know we're a little advanced, but um, but we want to hear from you. That's what we're trying to do here. Yeah, yeah, we love the listener interaction, no doubt about it, and the viewer interaction. Yeah, viewer, exactly. Uh, well, anyway, follow me at Wegspool. Wegspool. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, and follow us at SiteActionPod on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching. Good luck this week. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. 
We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. Creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.